Hi everyone, this is Ronnie with Everything Vive. I have the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Dowding today. She's the senior producer for Evasion at Archiac. Uh, welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for being with me. Thanks so much. Yeah, so uh, I guess before we get into Evasion, which is going to be the main uh, you know, topic for, for today's episode, um, I wanted to know a little bit more about you. Like, How did you get involved with VR and with Archiac? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I was previously working in um, mobile games uh, with DNA was the company I was at. And unfortunately, the studio in Vancouver closed. Mm. Um, and at the time, uh, so that was uh, a little over three years ago, uh, about three and a half years ago. And then I was really, really intrigued when I um, sort of met with Archiact and I was seeing kind of the incredible thing experience that I could have just using cardboard actually mm-hmm. so that just a cardboard in my room was one of the very first things that really kind of sold VR to me and that was before you know that was back uh, there was DK2 for the Oculus and I had known about it but I hadn't really uh, given it a try at that point yeah. and then I joined the team so um, and we were doing mostly mobile development at the time so they had a product called Lamper they were wanting to uh, launch on the Gear VR. And um, at the time, it was a smaller studio. It was about 24 people. Um, And they were a little bit um, frazzled as to how to actually execute and launch games. So I joined to help them kind of make make a schedule and actually start to get products out. So after that, we did... um, we did a lot of publishing in China. Uh, we we helped publish games from here in North America. Um, okay. Uh, over in China, um, we worked closely with um, E. McNeil on some of his titles, Darknet, etc. And uh, we worked with some companies in China. And then we were also developing our own products in house. We did Lamper. We did a game called Waddle Home, which eventually came out on the Vive and was on the PlayStation VR at launch. Um, and then uh, we actually did some work with. To, to roll into Evasion, we did. Um, we were working in UE4. We had um, gotten a bunch of developers from the Coalition here in Vancouver, which were on Gears of War and Capcom. And we were wanting to um, make uh, arcade shooters multiplayer in Unreal Engine 4. And we did that for a while. Um, and we debuted at uh, China Joy in 2016. But the team really wanted to start developing, especially for the Vive, actually, um, wanted to really uh, start making something that we could produce and, and put out on these sort of the the, the core VR um, platforms here in North America. Mm-hmm. And especially as the Oculus was getting the touch, um, Vive was sort of the number one platform that we wanted to develop on at the time. And that has grown awesome. since then. Yeah. Um, but... Um, so that was the beginning of the formation of the team, and it really came from uh, developing this arcade multiplayer UE4 experience and feeling what that was, and then bringing that co-op multiplayer shooter, but doing all of the assets ourselves, creating the lore ourselves, making our own IP, um, and developing something that we felt would be a high-quality title for the stores, which we weren't seeing a lot of high-quality shooters that were sort of scratching the itch that we wanted to, to scratch in terms of gameplay. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome to hear because, I mean, some of the things that stand out to me when I play Evasion that are, are, are different from even a lot of, you know, the, the titles that have been real. Like, I, I would say that, you know, in the past several months, uh, 
some of the quality on the titles coming out has increased compared to like maybe a year ago or so, but there's still, sure. there's still certain things that, that I think you guys really nailed innovation that I, I just don't see being done quite enough. Like, uh, like, like proper use of, of cover and like destructible cover in, in evasion, mm. for example, or like the fact that like is something that really impresses me about the game is just the fact that like literally every projectile that's being launched at you is, is blockable as an actual object that you can interact with in some way. Mm. And there's something about like just the way you guys made the game in, in unreal that like everything has a very like tangible, like very like solid quality to it. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Mm. Um, well, um, the team is really focused on gameplay first. So everything that's in the game is sort of really gray blocked, prototyped first, and we've played with it. And we had a mentality, a really agile mentality with our development process, especially when it came to game design and gameplay. Mm. Um, because VR is relatively new. There's there's not there's a lot of established sort of best practices for shooters, but when you put them into VR, there's things that work and things that don't work. And sometimes you find things like our tether mechanic that are feel completely new, but feel really great for the control mechanism. So we allowed ourselves to lean into things that we found were really were really positive in the gameplay experience, and we would make those changes like very very uh, all the way through the process just tuning and tweaking the gameplay okay that's yeah one of the things and i, I had a chance to uh, talk with ian rook like previously uh I, i'm yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember what his role is on the. he's a he's the lead designer on the game okay yeah i talked to him previously that that makes a lot of sense i talked to him about kind of you know uh I think at the time he had focused a lot of his interview on kind of, you know, figuring out what the different classes were going to be like in the game mm. and trying to kind of nail, you know, what that dynamic would be like, especially when you're playing with. And yeah, some of the same things came up about uh, just wanting to make sure that no matter which class you chose as a player, that you were going to have like a, a fun experience, no matter. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and definitely that's something that came out, you know, in the final product. I don't know if you could speak at all to, um, you know, what it was like maybe prototyping some of those things. Like since, like when, when, when I had talked to, to Ian back in at GDC, that was what, in March of, yeah. of this year. And, and obviously you guys have worked on the game quite a bit from March until the final mm -hmm. release. Like what are some of those things that you guys did? Because at that time, when I, I had a chance to first play it back at GDC, I mean, uh, like, you guys had nailed down, like, a, a good feel. Like, a lot of the things, like the, like I said, like the, the level designs and, like, the, the, the basic gameplay mechanics, I mean, they were all showing really strong. But, like, what are some of the things that, that you guys had to do to kind of really nail things down as you were getting closer to release? Um, so the, a lot of the mechanics in terms of the classes are in direct relation to sort of two major features, which would be the enemies and how they uh, react. So there's a lot of different kinds of enemies in the game. There are the bipedal enemies called the paragords who like to take cover, like to shoot out your cover. There's the bombers that get really close to you and sort of attack you, um, in your personal space, there are, um, and then there are the flying enemies, some of which are very swarm-like, mm -hmm. some are more predictable, and others that are just like big tanks. So um, we, when, when developing the classes, a lot of the development came around having those 
um, behaviors sort of nailed down, which takes a lot of time mm. um, and iteration, and then and then seeing okay, well, what is each? How does each class going to work with this kind of enemy? And is it going to be you know fun? Is it going to be yeah. not fun to fight this enemy with this class? And and or is it is it going to feel good? And obviously there are sort of different classes that work for different kinds of enemies. But just thinking about like what are the kind of core enemies that work really well with this class? And then we would because we're very co-op focused as well, um, we would think about, okay, well, how could these two classes combine to fight this kind of enemy? And how would it feel good if this kind of class was fighting with this other class Mm. on these enemies? And some of that, a lot of that is also just playing it trial and error and mm-hmm. um you know getting insights from we had um a multiplayer set up in the office and we had two play tests a day where we would uh, rotate people in the team going in and and playing levels and things like that so we were sort of constantly uh giving feedback and to the credit of our designers they take it very well <laughs> um and and did make a lot of adjustments based on sort of a lot of um testing and gameplay the other thing we did was just like you were saying at JDC when we were showing it to people, we were also getting a lot of feedback mm. from that, especially on things like user experience and confusion and anything. And one thing you'll notice is that the mechanics are pretty similar for each character. I mean, so each each class, so all of the way that you use the weapon is exactly the same, but the weapon mm-hmm. does different things. Mm-hmm. And that came from wanting you know, anyone to be able to pick up and play no matter which class they had tried before. Mm. It's simply, it's simple to, to pick it up and know how to play and use the weapon. Mm. Um, but then obviously the difficulty is in the amount of bullets that are coming at you, which, mm-hmm. which we work very hard to make sure we've got a lot of them, how many enemies are coming at you and, and sort of dealing with, um, a lot of dim- different stimuli in the environment. Yeah. Go- going along those lines, like it, I have two questions I want to cover, like in response, like you mentioned, you know, the, the fact that there are tons of sometimes, you know, projectiles, enemies, everything being thrown at you. This is like a, Mm. you know, you guys term it, uh, yeah, (laughs) onslaught, bullet hell shooter. Mm -hmm. And, and what were, so, so I guess one of my questions is more technical. The other is more like from a gameplay standpoint. Um, we'll go with the gameplay standpoint one first. Uh, sure. What were some of the things you guys learned in developing Evasion as to uh, like as to what's important for difficulty settings for a VR title? So, like the, mm. the the reason I have that question is because like you guys nailed the feel as far as as far as I'm concerned as far like to it feels like it's a bullet hell shooter like in VR right like you feel mm. like like all of these different projectiles that you can block and dodge and and everything is coming at you and you see the patterns and you're yeah. you're shooting them and it, and it feels like you know satisfyingly arcadey in that aspect but like i could imagine have like to some degree having all of that thrown at the player could could, could be overwhelming right sure. and and i didn't know like wh- how was it easy to find that balance of making it like crazy and hectic and exciting, but but also not too difficult for players? I would say we definitely thought about that quite a lot. Um, and um, I, the, the truth is there's no perfect balance that sort of tweaks every gamer with, with different um, 
with different uh, intuitiveness in the game, but um, we wanted to get a feel for, we, obviously intensity is a big part of the game, and we wanted to get players to feel um, that, that they had actually survived something. And when they went in with co-op, we wanted them to get the sense of like, you and I, we went in there and we, you know, we're sweating a little bit, but mm. uh, we had a memorable experience because we, you know, we faced off and when, even when we thought the chips were down, like we still got through it. And that was a, a feeling that we really wanted to evoke. Mm -hmm. um, now that the game is live, um, we've definitely had both feedback, which is like, it was, you know, too hard. And, and I, and I, you know, felt, um, too overwhelmed. And then we have, obviously, you know, you have the opposite, which is people being like, ah, it was too easy. That's so <laughs> um, funny. I'm definitely on, I'm, I'm probably in the middle because yeah, for me, it was one of those things like when I play, like I, it's definitely put like the stress levels go up, like as far as like, man, like we got to get through yeah. this, we got to get through this. And then as soon as you're finished, you're like, all right, did it save? Did it save? I can't do that again. It was so crazy. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, even now, we're still gauging sort of customer <laughs> reaction on that and looking at it. Um, but we feel that we we hit if if that's the case, where some people are saying it's too a little bit too hard, and some people are saying, "Oh, I didn't I didn't feel it was hard enough." Mm -hmm. We're definitely taking a look at that right now and looking at you know what 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 is causing that and 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 um partially we think maybe there's a few difficulty spikes that we mm. we might want to iron out in updates and um and, and and sort of sort of tune that a little bit more but on our side you know it was i mean using the back history of the game designers that i have and their intuition on it mm -hmm. we also had a lot of you know people who play a lot of shooters in the office and getting their intuition on it and and then just um, sometimes the demos would provide feedback on that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a tricky thing. We're pretty happy with where it landed. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, like I said, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, like I said, I think it captures the feeling you, you get when you play a lot of the other, like more traditional bullet hell type shooters. Yeah. And so that's why, and I, I would imagine that those games, like, I mean, I'm sure you have some people that play like even the, just the first stage of, of some of the more like hardcore games, and they're just like, oh, I'm done. I can't play yeah. this. Or like, so this is a, like very common for the genre. But like specifically, since this is one of the first games like this in VR, and how people don't necessarily like, it, I would imagine for some people they don't know exactly what they're getting themselves into with certain mm. games until they try them for the first time. So yeah, I was yeah. I was just kind of curious, like on 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 that, and that makes a lot of sense. And then, yeah, so my, my other question regarding just how much you're throwing at players is how easy, difficult, like how long did it take you guys to kind of iron things out from the technical side? Because, yeah, I was really impressed with uh, how well the game runs in general. And, like, I, I think I ended up turning, like, some of the resolution settings down on my computer. I have a slower mm. CPU. But in <laughs> general, like, I mean, I, I have, like, it's, it's like a third-generation i7, so it's nothing new. And mm -hmm. I have a good graphics card, whatever, but like the game runs really well. And like I said, I think it's surprising to see all of those projectiles being like launched at you and being actual objects that you can interact with and, and yeah. not having a ton of slowdown from all of that being processed. So I, yeah, absolutely. That's, um, we're really proud of that. Um, we had a really, I think my lead engineer was a really good, um, 
he was very good at making sure that we were giving the time to bug fixing and and performance. But I think one of the things that you can definitely uh, thank is, um, so when we took on PlayStation VR, which was mm. definitely later in our process, mm -hmm. um, we had to get it performant on PlayStation Base and uh, PlayStation Pro. Um, and although that does take a significant portion of our schedule, in our case, it took about six to eight months, mm. um, that uh, work in performance is what makes it run really smooth on a lot of different computers. And we were actually able to take our graphics card requirement down to a 960 from a 970. Mm -hmm. We were able to make a more significant difference in destruction on the i7 versus the i5 and really sort of amp up the i7. Um, and, and we were able to make a really ga great game that works on a PlayStation, no matter what PlayStation you've got. And, and basically, uh, all different kinds of CPUs and GPUs. So um, this was a big process in terms of getting it performant, especially to pass the technical requirements on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of innovation from the art team and the engineering team. And we built internal tools for constantly checking FPS um, and performance and we measured all the time. And this was about a six-month project of getting it performant. Um, and we're really happy with the results. Mm -hmm. uh, we also did a lot of bug fixing in that time. So we're really happy to ship a product that feels good on every device um, and also is, is very low in bugs from what we <laughs> from yeah. what we've gleaned from the community so we're extremely proud of that we're really happy with the with the with the vision as what we launched we were obviously nervous like any other team especially a small team like ours mm. um and so now we can um not so much focus on on bug fixing or performance uh as we as we move towards updates yeah no and, and one of the things i appreciate about the game is just the fact that like you said like from the time you open it until like everything's really straightforward and and like all the modes that are there like as far as like whether you just want to play by yourself play with friends enter different levels like everything works just like immediately mm. and there's not any kind of weird glitches or or anywhere like in and everything so yeah i i yeah. appreciate that like on, on that on that front i guess yeah because it it's it seems like, if I recall correctly, like you guys made the PlayStation VR announcement a little after GDC. It was like sometime yes. around that. So, like, was that just out of like, had you guys anticipated perhaps, um, you know, releasing it on on PlayStation um, VR, or was that kind of a surprise to you? And how did that kind of shift gears a little bit? We definitely had started working on PlayStation VR before we announced, um, but we were. Um, we're working with, we were in talks um, with Sony um, in the year previous, late okay. in the year previous, to start doing a PSVR version. And um, I guess it's a little bit different than some other games that have come out because they've done exclusive deals. Um, to come out on PlayStation first, like Moss. Mm. But uh, we wanted to make sure that we could, we didn't, have to do anything different with our PC product. Mm -hmm. Um, cause as you know, we had been really dedicated towards it. So, um, uh, there was a little bit of time of figuring that out and working with Sony and Sony was a great partner, um, in helping us bring it to the platform. And mm. then, um, but we knew that the challenge really lied in 
performance. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that a lot of my team utilized to get that performance work done is uh, UE4, um, sorry, Epic had recently put out talks, at, especially at GDC, about getting Fortnite onto mobile and, <laughs> and making it really performant. And, and those are talks that like, my team, my team frequently um, is watching an, any epic talk together, and uh, those ones helped us out a lot, even though they might seem really unrelated. Performance no, that, tricks yeah. are performance tricks. No, that makes a lot of sense, and like I, I would imagine, because on on mobile platforms too, you're probably like similar to the current consoles. It's more of a like a like they're more performant on the GPU side, right, rather than. Rather than like the seat, like I would imagine some of the the hardest things to kind of nail down, it would be the the CPU restraints on like the PlayStation, for example. Yeah, and getting yeah, the and that's and that's something that we had pushed with um, Intel on the i seven. So um, yeah, it was uh, yeah a lot of uh, getting everything performance and using every trick in the book to do it, but also trying to maintain the high graphics quality. And the truth was we actually made the game look better while we were doing it because we really reassessed every asset. We assessed like every trick we could in terms of using, making things look really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in the end we had a cleaner, better game. Yeah. No, like, like I said, it runs great on my system. And like, I mean, in my experience with VR titles, like more so than anything, it's the performance that really like makes the experience feel fluid and polished and really yeah. like that's like if, if the game is j jittery or, or stuttering at all, like that mm. kind of throws you out more so than like, you know, a, a slightly simplified, you know, geometry or, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so and that's... I think, like, for us, you know, there are things that don't come out, obviously don't come out in reviews, and players don't need to care or know about these things, but as a team, launching the game on all three platforms at once is a pretty big feat. Not very many games have done it. Launching a game that's really performant, a game that's low on bugs, and, um, and a game with, like, sensible user experience and UI that you can just sort of quickly get into. Our focus with usability was really on getting players into the gameplay as soon mm -hmm. as possible and making the gameplay um, really intuitive from a controls perspective. So those are all goals we wanted as a team and we're really proud that we achieved them. No, oh, that's awesome. And I don't like I don't know the answer to this question, so I, I thought I'd ask: like, Are are players able to play each other from multiple from other platforms? Or no, no, we okay. don't have crossplay between okay. the platforms. This is sort of because all of the platforms have their own um, mul multiplayer uh, systems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that you you have to implement, um, and so getting those different systems to talk to each other is quite a large feat we actually to tell you the truth we actually spoke a lot with servios about it and mm. it was a massive project for them to be able to do it and mm. we just didn't have the resources to take it on i gotcha no that's 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 fair um yeah no i mean in and of itself i like i said i was kind of shocked when i heard that it was coming to playstation vr because like my experience with the game at gdc was that it was very much like you know one of the the most impressive like expect like especially from just what the game was doing technically, one of the most impressive like high-end VR titles I had played. So when I saw Evasion announced for PlayStation VR and yeah, some of the other like Servios ones like Creed and some of those other that were more technically impressive on the PC side, I was like, man, how are all these studios going to 
going to do it with, you know, the lower, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it seems like everybody's pulling it off. So that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to, you know, Servius is a bigger team. Um, we're, we're a bigger team for VR. Definitely. We're a bigger team compared to a lot of the teams we meet with. Um, so I, 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 we're very lucky to be in a position to be able to have the resources to do it. Yeah. So, so I guess, uh, like, you know, like now that we, now that you guys have launched evasion and the game is out in players hands, um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys like are, have, has anything, you know, developed that's, that you guys weren't really expecting or like, what are you guys now that, now that the product's out, what are, what are your next steps? as far as like, as far as evasion and looking forward? Yeah, we're definitely looking at what people are saying um, about the product. Like you were saying, there's some difficulty discussion. We're definitely taking a look at that. Um, and what would be sort of the natural next step. Um, and we are, as a company or as a team, we're also looking um, towards the future, towards next pro projects and products as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the real thing that, evasion team wants to build on is all of the great tech that we've built for evasion and um, definitely moving that into another product. So we're really excited about whatever we make next is going to be this plus a lot more, um, which is, which is great because obviously everybody wants more features. Everybody wants more time on a game, but you mm. have to get it out there. And for us, it was two and a half years. Um, no, but and, and, now we have a really yeah. solid team and a solid piece of core technology and we're really excited to build on that. Yeah. Now, one of the things I appreciate about evasion is just the fact that when you guys did release it, I mean, uh, you know, with the modes that you guys, you know, included and all of that, like, like I said, everything works and is polished. And like, it's, it's very clear that like you wanted to make sure you had like a well-rounded product when you, when you actually released. Yeah. There's a lot of VR games out there that like, especially some of the more ambitious ones that are coming from smaller teams where mm. they, they release like an early access and yeah. they're very, very light on features, like to the point where the, like the core gameplay mechanics really aren't ironed out yet. And, mm. and that's clearly not, you know, what you guys did with evasion, like whether there's going to be more levels or not, or anything like that. Like, it's clear that you guys like figured out what you wanted the game to be and really saw like a, you know, you wanted to make sure that you completed that vision before you, you know, released something. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that was our goal with the game. Uh, we didn't really want to do that kind of, you know, half out the door, but we're still working on it. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. uh, we did want to release a, a complete product and um, something that we then we then took the time to 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 polish it and and make it an H element feel really good. So um, that's the way that we wanted to to release the product. Um, uh, we, it's just not in our, our sort of, I guess the difficulty with doing that kind of early access is, and then, and then continuing to build it while it's out is, you know, it's, is, is it missing core elements when you launch it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to have the time to polish it? Are you going to just, um, chase public opinion in terms mm -hmm. of reactionary features? Mm -hmm. We didn't, we, we really didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, cause I, I mean that I had somebody on the show, like, uh, like, you know, last episode actually, uh, talking about just like user, user design and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, sometimes the feedback you're getting from players, like, on face might say one thing and 
and the reality behind what people are experiencing is something completely different that you need to tweak. Yeah. Or, and so, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, people, like, I mean, you're also also only getting sort of your loudest group, right? And there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who play and aren't going to say anything at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and we just... Yeah, that's a real tough scenario to build. Yeah, <laughs> in, no, I... <laughs> with um, the constant uh, feedback. I mean, on on a mobile side, in other games, and in and in many products now that are more about almost like games as a service, like Battlefront um, and Overwatch, you're you're sort of adding to the pro uh, to the game, and you're definitely using data mm -hmm. to. Um, and 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 that uh, player uh, comments as a, as a way to fuel the updates and things like that. But early access is, feels a bit different, where you're still building the game, and that can be um, that's that sounds like a real struggle. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Because and, and I mean, from from a customer from the customer side of things too, it's hard to like keep track of what's actually being done in a lot of the games because yeah, because you I don't sell anyone anything that's unfinished. That's a a big big thing yeah no like i said no i i appreciate that and that's something that like shows like i said like it's it's not every day where like you you load up like a a game like this and just everything works right off the bat and it's just amazing like unfortunately in steam like yeah, that's been the case I, so. I i definitely feel for a team that does that puts it out there because they feel like we just have we've run out of runway and we sort of need to to start generating revenue i think that's kind of the case with the gunheart team okay. um, but um i mean yeah whatever <laughs> every game is a miracle and uh whatever teams have to do to stay in the game and and keep making good stuff that people like i i uh, truthfully i i'm for it i yeah. just didn't want to have to do that with my team well that's awesome um with recent announcements like you know oculus quest and and mm. you know a lot of things like you know down down the road as far as like the future vr hardware is concerned like what are some of the things that you guys are most excited about um, in terms of like future developments in VR, um, man, twenty eighties is pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger, badder graphics cards is definitely something we're really excited about. I mean, my team specifically is very likes to go for that a bit more hardcore mm -hmm. audience and and development. Um, we just we just really love the kind of really high fidelity look. We really like utilizing UE4 to its, you know, for all of the great features it can pack in. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, like when you're developing bullet hell, you know, more projectiles, more enemies, more characters. That's something that we're sort of the kind of team that wants to lean into. Mm -hmm. um, the Oculus Quest from a just a VR perspective is awesome because man, there's the, I mean, throwing a headset into your backpack is mm -hmm. and just being able to play it anywhere in any situation and having it aware, have room awareness is, is super cool. Um, so that's definitely something as a studio we're really taking a look at. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, and actually I had a chance to play, uh, evasion. Um, uh, I don't have one of the Y gig, the new wireless, um, mm. 
mm-hmm. adapters for the Vive, but mm-hmm. I did get to play it at, at a at a convention with someone who uh, with Intel because they had our game and. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Um, I don't know what the official word is from reviews, but I didn't experience any latency innovation. Yeah. And so I thought that's really exciting because from a prototype perspective, to be able to start working with a wireless environment is actually quite awesome. And, and you know, when we're... When we were originally developing Evasion, we were doing a lot of ducking and mm-hmm. moving as mm-hmm. a part of our gameplay. Mm-hmm. We changed that a bit when we leaned really into locomotion. Mm-hmm. But I can just imagine that the games that will come out for those wireless headsets may be really um, exciting to watch people play because mm-hmm. they can really move around and use the space a little bit more with uh, with uh, without feeling tethered. Um, so I was really excited about the dead and buried um, uh, sort of room, room mm-hmm. scale. Oh, that that looked amazing. <laughs> at at uh, Oculus Connect, I I, um, I I had played Dead and Buried on the on what is now the Quest, mm-hmm. but what was um, uh, the previous name Santa Cruz? Yeah, Santa and, Cruz. And it was a really fun game to play. So um, that's that's super exciting. I think. Uh, location-based experiences. Um, I love. The, I'm a big fan of the Void. Um, those are all very exciting because it's kind of that high-end, almost like roller coaster, almost like Disney Imagineering level mm-hmm. of of using VR. Um, so instead of having to build a Disneyland in real life and have that kind of footprint, you can take one space and make it into a hundred different worlds. So that's very exciting. That um, uh, That's something that I'm really excited about. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, agree with all of that. And like, I, like you, I mean, I usually am use, using tethered systems right now, but mm. in the situations where I've got to mess around with wireless stuff, like you just notice right off the bat that you play differently when you don't have a wire. Like all yeah. of a sudden, like whether whether it was, you know, like, you know, something that like is conscious or not, when you have that wire behind you, mm-hmm. you you like subconsciously feel like you have to be a little bit more reserved in what you're doing. And then all of a sudden yeah. when that's gone, it's like you're yeah, the, the way you're interacting and moving around in the world, like the same exact game is just completely different. Yeah, I mean, well, I even um because I play on the three systems all the time, PlayStation and Oculus and then Vive, I I su- I move less on the Vive now than I used to. When I first was just doing Vive stuff, I was mm-hmm. moving much more in my space. Mm-hmm. But once you get used to Oculus or PlayStation, you kind of lose that intuition. Yeah. So get, trying out the wireless made me think about that again and and from a game design perspective it's very exciting yeah no i agree yeah and i noticed that too right like i when i started uh using my rift a little bit more like you start getting used to to using one of those sticks or one of the pads to like do snap turning and all that kind of like all of a sudden like your brain kind of gets hardwired to use some of those shortcuts yeah it's kind of yeah and then and then and then 100% like when you when you lose that wire all of a sudden like i noticed when i would come back from uh, doing a lot of wireless stuff to wired mm. headsets, I would get tangled up a lot more. Yeah, because because <laughs> it's one of those things like I would start playing things and doing all kinds of circles and not thinking about it, and I would come back here and start doing the same types of things and like <laughs> like almost yeah. fall over. So yeah, it's kind of it's it's interesting. Like I I wonder where all that stuff is going to end up, and I think Oculus Quest will have like you know in addition to allowing people to 
you know, not have to be tethered. Um, hopefully it'll, it'll get a lot of people that haven't had a chance to, to try some of the high-end systems a chance to do that. Because, I mean, PlayStation VR was, was obviously a huge success because so many people out there mm-hmm. have PlayStations. But I think, yeah. I think selling a product to people that might not necessarily even have a game system at all is something that's going to be a huge sell, hopefully. Yeah, I think it'll allow, I think it'll make more industries sort of get involved in VR and in trying something out because the wires are a little bit out of the way on a device like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I hope it becomes a little, the mass market has a little bit uh, more knowledge about the devices and um, that will just bring more developers into the fold and, and grow the community. I think. No, I, I agree. I look forward to, to seeing more of those developments as we get closer to, to the spring. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, you know, thanks again for, for joining us. And like, I've been having a ton of fun with Evasion. Like, ironically, I haven't had a chance to, to play the game yeah. yet with some of my, my colleagues, but I'm going to get them in, oh, yeah. in soon to really like, because I know that like, if I'm having this much fun, just, you know, playing by myself, I can only imagine I'm going to get like the full experience once I get them into the game too. So, yeah, the avatars are really, um, it's, it's a, like a big favorite feature of mine of seeing the full body avatars in there. And we've done a ton of work getting that really, really nice. Um, so I think they're some of the highest quality avatars that you'll see in a VR game. Nice. You can quote me on that. Um, All right. <laughs> And uh, and they oh, both on PlayStation and on um, and on PC. So uh, check that out. I often recommend like one of my favorite experiences is seeing is playing. I'm I'm really small, so I'm, <laughs> I'm five feet. <laughs> um, so I get in there with the warden, and I look like kind of a toy version of the warden. That's really <laughs> and funny. Then there with like my one of my lead devs who's like six foot five and he'll play as an engineer and uh so he's the female uh character and it's like a whole like Gwendolyn Christie experience where I'm like, <laughs> oh my god you're so tall and badass and I'm like this tiny stocky hero <laughs> I mean there's a lot of fun you can get in there with that and and the avatars are so great they have all these little things hanging off of them and and it just adds a whole other level to co-op gameplay being able to wave at each other is still one of the coolest things dancing around is so yeah. cool just having the, pre- the having presence is amazing. Is like okay, I'm gonna get in there with you, and you still have that kind of moment where you're like, "Are we too close? I don't know." <laughs> no, and, I yeah, that's, no. That, that's yeah. one of the that's one of the coolest things about co-op in VR is just like the 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 level of presence that you get when all of a sudden like you see another player actually moving around like they would like in real yeah. life. Like it's it's yeah. it's completely different than than playing multiplayer games non VR. Like yeah, there's I've just had meetings in there. I've had um, I've I've sort of played with people I've never met, but but still seen them wave and move in VR. I have a feeling like I know that person. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a really amazing thing, especially when you're like, okay, you're very far away, but we're in here together, and it's it's. I mean, over voice chats, just like being in the same room. No, I I totally agree. It's like it's magic. So it is magic. All right. Well, how is what's the best way that people can keep track of like what you what you're up to as far as you know VR is yeah. concerned, and then also you know Archiac's next uh, next projects, next steps. 
Yeah, we're um, for Evasion. We're on pretty much all the social media, so we're really active on Twitter and Facebook, and we have a Reddit presence as well. We also have EvasionVRGame.com where we do blog posts. Um, our Steam page also has blog posts for those of you who are on Steam, um, and then ArcheacVR.com for general Archeac stuff, and okay. we do blog posts there as well. And I'm VRGen on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, at Jennifer Doubting, my first name, last name. And I post a lot about evasion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. So, yeah, so you guys, yeah, add, add them add them on Twitter and keep up with everything because, yeah, like I said, like I, I really like evasion and I can't wait to see, like, how you guys take those ideas, concepts, techs, tech and, you know, bring it to the next level in your next project. So Cool. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. Yep, no problem. All right, well, take care, and I'll, I'll you know, be with all of you guys. I'll soon. see you in VR. <laughs>